Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast, episode 96, and we're talking about vision therapy today, and it's with uh, with Dr. Sarah Hutchins and just Kara Osmond, we'll call her, we'll call her Kara Osmond, that's the only inside joke that I probably shouldn't have started with, but anyway, um, and we'll talk about yeah, vision therapy, what happens to your sight after after injury generally, or what was seen then, uh, what's wrong with my eyes? And what Kara and Sarah are doing to fix, and Dr. Hudson, sorry, Kara and Dr. Hudson are doing to fix my eyes. And uh, well, I'll try to fix my eyes. It's been a long time. But uh, first, I'll take a break for a sponsor. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by Head Check Health. Head Check Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. To run organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadCheck Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. Okay, so Dr. Dr. Hudson's, would you like to introduce yourself first and talk about what you do and what your, well, I guess, well, I guess you can start out with saying what the clinic does, what your, what the vision Development Center does. Sure. Uh, thanks, Nick, for chatting with us today. So I am Sarah Hutchins, and I'm an optometrist. And my interest is in developmental and behavioral optometry. So it's more than about seeing 2020. So the visual system everybody thinks about is just glasses, and can you see that small line? And there's so much more to it. And what we do here at the Vision Development Center is we focus on how does your vision impact your day-to-day life? How does it impact your ability to read? How does it impact your ability to get around? So I started the Vision Development Center just this year, and I just had I just got my fellowship this year. In uh, that means that I am board certified in vision therapy, vision development, and neurovisual rehab, which is specifically the concussion part of it. So yeah. we have a uh, Two vision therapists here, Kara is one, Jean is the other, and they work directly with patients one-on-one to help in the rehab side of things. Excellent. And uh, I guess, so Kara, 
what do you do there? What's your what's your role? What's your what's your job title? Like, <laughs> so I am a vision therapist. Um, I work one on one with patients. So we do 45 minute to an hour sessions once a week. Um, and we work depending on their specific case. We work uh, on exercises to develop different skills that their eyes uh, need to build up. Sometimes um, it's skills that you lost in the concussion or things that are more difficult for you because of your concussion. Or we also work with people who have eye turns um, and kids with learning disabilities. So kind of isolating individual skills and building them up um, so that they can kind of function more easily in their everyday life. Great. Well, I feel like we'll go back to Dr. Hutchins now. And uh, I uh, I came in in March, I think it was, and you examined me. And what, for, guess first of all, what do you generally see after after someone has a concussion or brain injury? What you're, what are you looking for? What What's the things that engage the person's eyes or can be fixed or need help? After a concussion, oftentimes there are visual impacts. So about up to you know 50 to 90 percent the range is very of people after a concussion have some type of visual impact and the reason is because vision isn't in the eye vision's in the brain so you got a hit in the head and because your head got a knock it doesn't matter where you got hit 50 more than 50 percent of the brain is in visual processing so some part of your vision is going to be affected so it can range from having light sensitivity to your eyes not converging well together so they don't point quite appropriately enough together when you're reading. You can have an accommodative problem, so a focusing problem. You could be very overwhelmed in vision, visually stimulated environments. So like the grocery store could be very bothersome. Light and uh, stuff. Yeah. Sometimes people have more impacts, like more severe, like what you have with actually seeing double vision all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess I still going to break into what I my I've had three eye surgeries to try to fix my double vision, which I've had since I'm brain injury in August first of '03. Um, I did, uh, just well, I had my first surgery, emergency surgery after the accident because I was in a coma. But then I waited seven years until I got or six and a half years until I got first first real uh, surgery on my eyes, and soon uh, I worked with the neurologist first before before surgery and just pop me in surgery and uh but now i'm doing vision therapy with well not you know i'm on a break but i will be starting back up with vision therapy in september with cara and uh and uh, yeah so i guess if my eyes are obviously more copy of the state concussion because i had the sphere range i was my head was obviously more more impacted that stuff than most concussed patients but uh so uh, I'll ask actually Dr. Hutchins again, sorry, Kara, so we'll get to you. But, um, Any questions? When you, when you, when you examine me, what, what, is, what is up with my eyes? This is my question. So even though you have had the surgeries that they try to align your eyes to point in the appropriate direction, they still don't. No. What's happening though is one eye points inward and down oh, or is it, is it up? It's up. Yeah. In and up. Okay. So your left eye is in and up. The right eye is usually pointing straight ahead. So your brain is getting two mixed messages of I see two images. If you had this happen when you were two years old, yeah. You had eye turn then your brain would start to learn to ignore the eye that was in and up. 
But because you have a fully developed visual system and you're an adult when you had your injury, yeah. now your brain is saying, well, I don't know what to do with this. There's two images at the same time, but you just can't shut the eyes off. So then you have double vision. And likely, I don't know, but your eye also turns has a cyclo component as well, meaning it turns inwards lately. So that's why when you see the second image, you know how it's slanted? Yeah. So it's because of the cyclo component. And I would say that that's likely a side effect of the surgeries. Right. When they're cutting all the muscles, it's hard to know exactly how much to cut and where to put it. And then it could end up still being turned in. So that's what's going on. It's still turned in. Thanks. And And cyclo. My left eye is messed. And uh, (laughs) red eye is, my red eye is pretty good. (laughs) My left eye, not so good. Um, uh, We got a cat who is going to try to try and I don't know how much she's trying hard and seems to be working for six weeks. And then I go back to remember you're on the spot because you had to get my eyes fixed. And uh, (laughs) so so, so what are you? So, what are you doing? And what? And what? How would you try to align? Try to ready, ready work with a patient like me, for example, or like a more just concussed Well, specifically with you, it's pretty different than a typical concussion patient. Right. So, yeah. typical concussion patient is likely not getting double vision for all the time. We're working on more basic, like um, can their eyes? Uh, can we get pursuits, which is fluid eye movement, can your eyes jump from spot to spot, trying to um, deal with um, peripheral vision, that type of thing. Um, With you, we're working on building up control in your eyes. So we want your um, ability to move your eyes and move the image to to be stronger so that you can put your two images together. So um, we're working on right now, finding a spot where you can fuse your images. So where your two separate images go on top of each other. Right. Um, and then we're going to also eventually <laughs> try to get it so that you can go, that's vertically. No and we're going to try and deal with that twist. Hands and they're scientific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm using my hands. I yeah, use yeah. my hands a lot trying to explain what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. yeah. So, so what, so what exercises are, and, and well, I guess we'll like Dr. Dr. Hudson's, what, how do these exercises work to, to try to rehabilitate your eyes, like to fix vision. Oh, we can, let's just say a normally concussed patient, not like, I know I'm, I'm kind of out of wrinkles everything, but uh, so <laughs> I can go back to the people you see all the time. So how would how would that these exercises, when Kara is doing exercises, what is she, what is she trying to do? I guess so we're trying change the brain's pathways. Because the brain and the eyes work together to see, we are trying to create new neural pathways because the pathways have been damaged because of the concussion. We're trying to rebuild those pathways um, rather than create new ones, I guess. Try to rebuild them so that the brain can know where to point the eyes, how to point the eyes, and how to use the eyes efficiently. And also to be able to deal with the incoming visual information better. Okay. And what, so what exercises, so we, okay, I'll do, use exercises as examples and stuff. So I just showed you, I didn't show, didn't show Dr. Hutchins, but uh, the, uh, the peripheral thing that the, uh, so we have, there's a letter chart in my wall, which Kara gave me to take home and uh, which actually was, I, I own it anyway. So 
Um, and if you give me, just you give me though, uh, seven post-it notes to place around the image with letter, uh, one letter on them. And I'm supposed to stare at the, read the image, read the letters across, and then find out when, when there's, when the letter matches my downside or letter by just, by just staring at the letter chart, it's just not a good description, but maybe a good description, but it's hard to really know what I'm talking about. But, uh, so Carol, what, what are they, what are you trying to do there? So this is a peripheral vision exercise. So we're trying to engage your periphery as much as we can. Your eye is turning in right now. Um, and so it doesn't like to process as much information. The more we process outside information, other than what you're lo looking directly at, the easier it's gonna be for you to be able to control your eye and to be able to kind of integrate all of your vision at once. So the more we, we use your peripheral vision, the more, uh, control your eyes to be able to develop. That makes sense. That's yeah. right. <laughs> like peripheral vision is super important. And people just think of, oh yeah, I can see my hand out to the side. But you never think you use your peripheral vision in reading, but you do because you're looking at one word and your periphery is processing what's coming next. So right. you don't jump your eyes to the next word because we don't read every word when we're reading a piece of text. We just read so much of it and your eyes skip over the small parts and we can pre-process what's to come. So you're still using peripheral vision even when you're reading. Right, because you don't use, like, you don't read each letter separately. You, and you yeah. don't read, you like chunks of information at a time. Yeah, 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 right, okay. And I have a bunch more exercises I have that, uh, that um, I guess I go into, but I'll now just, I just ask you guys to just guess, uh, now it's a bit late, but still, your your backgrounds of where you why you came into vision therapy or not country so it's kind of reverting back so so I guess Dr. Hutchins or yeah Dr. Hutchins you go first and how did you how did you get this after optometry school I did general optometry for about six or seven years and I didn't enjoy binocular vision so I team and work I didn't really I honestly didn't buy into it. Um, so that's that's the honest truth yeah. and then i had this one young girl who came in and she's always my why that i did this i, I call her my why yeah. and she was having trouble reading and she also had an eye term so i had completed a course in vision therapy but i still never went back to it and then after having her come in i said i'll try one more course to see if i could help her because nobody can help this girl here and i did and it worked and she did really well and she did well with reading. She was able to ride a scooter for the first time in her life and we straightened her eye. So after that, I started to fully believe in this. And it's something that a lot of people are unaware of. And people, sometimes they question it because it's something that's a bit different. But to me, it doesn't bother me that much because I know that it works and I've seen it work. Yeah. So it can really help. Sometimes people have no other option left and that's when they come to us, which is sad, but then we are the people who can often help. Right. It's, and I know it seemed just as what six weeks I was doing the vision therapy it was my eyes still felt better. I, I still feel good now. And I've been off for, you know, there for okay. four weeks, three weeks. I mean, wow. It's, uh, it's like, don't, I don't want to bother you. I can't calculating it. But uh, <laughs> so, Kara, how did you get into Why did you decide vision therapist is, is a good, good, for me. Um, I sort of fell into it. 
uh, I moved to Ontario with my husband um, and was looking for a job. He got into a PhD program there. Yeah. Um, and I, I got a job at Envision Therapy. I was trained on the job and I just fell in love with it. I started working one-on-one with people. I, it's pretty hard to deny once you've been doing it for a few weeks, what kind of difference it makes in people's lives, especially yeah. concussion patients. You yeah. see a lot of people who start out not being able to leave their basements and then going back to being able to, to work and spend time with people, you know, concussion really, um, m- makes socializing difficult. Yeah. It makes crowded environments really difficult getting back to that periphery stuff we were talking to, you know, if your brain's yeah. refusing to process information that you're seeing, that's a very stressful, anxious feeling. People's yeah. life sensitivity mean they can't go outside very much. And so um, seeing that transition in people, also watching kids um, have their grades go up in school and having their self-esteem go up because they're realizing it's, you know, it's, it's their vision. They're not stupid. Right. That's a big deal for um, for a lot of kids, and it's so I just I just love it. I love working one on one with people, and that. Um, so when I moved back to Newfoundland, I got a job here. Nice. So I assume that your your last thing about the uh, kids like realizing that going to school and realizing that it's not their it's it's not it's not their not their fault. You know, it's not like they're stupid. It's just their vision's messed up. So. Yeah. I don't know if you guys go, can both tip on this. Is to, do you need to sit down with patients a lot? The kids all the times when they just come in and their parents like this so and so Sally had a concussion and her and she's and she's now not reading well and she feels do you have to sit down with the kid and say, look, it's just your eyes, or do you or is it something that just happens over time after working with them and to explain to them what's going on a bit? most of the kids that we see though actually don't have a concussion yeah or often have a a focusing problem of some sort not the attentional focus but their eye muscles don't focus well the eyes don't team well together so it makes them unable to read well so then they become the kids who are labeled as learning disabled and they could be labeled as attention deficit and there are kids who do have attentional issues but a lot of kids might have trouble paying attention to reading because their eyes aren't allowing the information to process efficiently. Mm-hmm. So there are some concussion patients we have that are kids, but we definitely don't see a lot of kid concussion patients, more just kids having trouble in school and haven't had a head injury. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you find, sorry, sorry, Kara, do you want to, okay, um... Oh, I was just going to say, it's, it's extra difficult to tell at first for kids because they don't know if it's happened their whole life before they started having to read. Right, right. They don't know something's wrong. This is how they've always seen. So some kids can see double their whole yeah. lives yeah. and they don't know that people don't see double. Yeah. We've had somebody come in and they said, I only realized at the age of 19, it's not normal to see double up close. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's well. Yeah. I didn't know any, I knew just, I mean, just, it's just like I knew only the, regular vision up until I was 23 and now you know double really I mean so it's just split there but uh so do you know do you notice any similarities between patients who say have I don't know you guys can tell me what concussion patients do they have similar similar traits similar like post-concussion traits to certain types of patients kids who come in would you say yeah, concussion, the biggest thing I differentiate with concussion is that 
you, your symptoms tend to be more painful, really. Like kids tend to be frustrated and anxious, but uh, if they have a learning disability or they're labeled learning disability, concussion tends to get a headache when they're trying to do the same activities. Um, but most concussion patients we see will have headaches, light sensitivity, um, trouble, reading. trouble reading, yeah, difficulty in busy environments. Yeah, grocery stores or stores in multiple conversations. Mm -hmm. like, when there's a lot of talking going on, they have trouble with that. Yeah. yeah. And then kids will often have it will be mostly a focusing issue, difficulty um, reading in school. I, a lot of kids that we have, once they've graduated, their parents will notice they're not fidgeting so much at the dinner table. They're not fidgeting. Um, they can kind of focus better on sports and that kind of thing because they're they're able to kind of see one picture clearly. Um, and so that's kind of how it plays out more often in kids. But we have had kids who have like headaches and that kind of thing. Too. Yep. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, I'll kind of think what else I can ask you about this question. But uh, there must be something that I'm missing here. So uh, if there's anything I am missing that's about, I mean, before I ask Karen more about, or Karen and and, and Dr. Hutchins, more about the exercises I have. So mm -hmm. uh, is there anything that you think I'm missing out here that on vision therapy that's important that I'm stupidly missing out? I don't think you're missing anything. There is one thing that I wanted to add and talk about. So then for your listeners who have had a concussion and, and they wonder if this could be wrong, but 
people don't think about the visual system very much as being an issue. And the one example that I give people is if you're thirsty, you just, your brain tells you you're thirsty. And the first thing you do is you look for water. So yeah. your eyes are making saccades, which are jumping eye movements to find the water. And then you have to use virgins, which is eye teaming to make the water single. And then you have to focus and accommodate to be able to make the water clear. So before you have actually reached and grabbed the water, you have already made three eye movements before you make a single body movement. And whether that water is in a cup or it's in a glass, you will automatically start to reach a certain way without having to process, oh, that's a cup. I need to grab it by the handle or I should yeah. use my whole hand. And that all happens very quickly. So your visual processing is so important that you have all these visual aspects happening and you have never even thought about I'm using my eyes to do this. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. And uh, yeah, I've, I'm, I, I think about that now, that not like the, the death every time, but when I reach for a glass, but I, I do, I do know what I do for you. And uh, I, I think about that after my eyes have been compromised to say. And uh, so I think about that more, but just how it all, how it affects my like balance for example. I get done doing yoga and I'm swimming a lot. And, uh, and then I noticed like there's, and obviously, I mean, bounce, walking in the yoga and stuff is like vision is key for that too. So it is. Do you, I don't know if you remember this one, Nick, but do you remember the test I did with you? I just did it with someone this morning and it was a wild, it was a great result, but you had to reach out and touch the star and then you had to do it with your eyes closed. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. And I would put, so when I did this with someone just, I just finished with a patient. So I had her try to touch the star with her eyes closed five times and she missed every time. Then I put on prism glasses and she hit it every time. Yeah. She looks at me, she's like, but how can this be? My eyes are closed. Yeah. And 4% of all the fibers from your eyes, they go to a different pathway that has nothing to do with sight, but it helps tell you where you are in space. So even though your eyes are closed, there are fibers that go from your eye to help you let you know where you are and help you with your balance. So when you were talking about balance, and some of the parts of the eye have nothing to do with actually, can you see things? It's just yeah. space. So that's how that test works. So, so even if I did say, let's just, just I'll stick on this now. Um, if I did yoga with, I do like the sitting down probably yoga with my eyes closed. But even if I do like any standing up exercises, should I, like, but like, not, not should I, I'm not asking for advice on this, not doing, you know, I get in trouble, but then, <laughs> you know, um, it may not make a difference if I if I have my eyes closed. Just to, um, say I'm standing, I'm standing doing or doing like a tree pose, which you do. You put one leg up your leg, up your leg, and and so should I? But not sure. Just stop asking that. But would it make much difference if I, if say it may not? May I'll say this? It may not make much difference if I have my eyes closed, or if I have them open to do that, or is that more? Because they always say like you're drishti your focal point you're looking if that's what these did work these yoga yeah i if you have your eyes open you have much more like you have a visual cue for your balance so your balance has three things which are your vision um your inner ears and then the sensors in your feet proprioception yeah. so those things have to work together so you take vision out it is going to make your balance yeah. much more challenging yes. but the interesting thing is, is that if I stand up heel to toe and I look really hard at a target, like my focal point, 
But then I try to open my periphery and take more in while still looking at the focal point. My balance is better. Mm -hmm. So if you try to, even though you're looking still at the same target, but you try to relax and open that periphery and be aware, it tends to make you more grounded and better balanced. That's that connection is like me sloth and saucy. And uh, yeah, it's better because I notice I notice when I say, okay, I'm gonna hit this now, get this pose better. Like really focus on one point. I just I can just focus on one point with mostly with my right eye, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that is doing whatever it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but I find that yeah, I was over my just relies and maximize more. And yeah, uh, yeah so. That's that, that's good. You good good advice for yoga too for walking mm-hmm. into her, her life, and uh, yes. So now Kara will get more into my on well, this. Yeah, we'll get more into my, into my exercises, right? but the exercises you use. What's your safe? Say, let's just start with the exercises you or things you do for patients, kids who have developmental eye problems, anything, anything. Whether sure. So um, we deal with kind of a few different sections. So like we were talking about before, we would deal with periphery. Pretty much every patient that comes in here does some periphery work um, because you need your periphery for so much for like Dr. Hutchins was talking about, you need to be able to see what's coming next in order to track and to jump your eyes. You need periphery for balance. You need periphery in order to handle larger environment. Our periphery exists to protect us so that we can see something coming. So it's very stressful if you don't have periphery. Um, So we deal with periphery exercises. We also deal with um, just looking at one target. So often when we started in vision therapy, we use one eye at a time, especially with younger kids. So we use an eye patch so that basically so that each of your eyes can handle an activity before you, we ask your brain to put two pictures together. Oh. Um, Cause when you think about it, your brain always putting two pictures together is a lot of work as it is. Yeah. Um, so we build up fixation first. So that's just looking at something, keeping it one and clear. Then we build up um, eye jumps. So we're able to see one, uh, see one thing and then jump your eyes to the next thing without having to, to look at every single thing in between. And then we build up tracking, so fluid movement. Um, so we do different exercises, lots of different exercises, lots of chart reading and putting yes. noses on ladybugs, as you remember. Oh, yes, I remember <laughs> yes. Balls on the ceiling, hanging down. I've only done the ball on the ceiling thing once. And I was having yeah. to stand this slower. It's hard to really get it good. But what's just, what would you say is your most, now this is very gentle, but what you think is, your most used uh, exercise or whatever. Um, The only only thing that is really, really universal for me is the Brock string. I, I don't, I don't think anyone's gotten out of my clinic without using the Brock string. Um, So you use the Brock string a lot. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. (laughs) You can explain the Brock string is, what I saw the Brock string is like this Brock person got a, Stand everybody because it's just a string. Nothing special. He called everybody he made it, so he called <laughs> it named it after himself. Um, so it's basically a string with beads on it. Yeah. Um, that you hold directly under your nose, right in between your eyes. Yeah. You hold it, hold it straight, hold it taut. Um, and so this is an eye teaming exercise. So we use a rock string to um, be able to tell if your eyes are both meeting in the same spot. 
So if somebody without an eye turn, um, so typically not you, but sometimes you, we get there sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. looks at one of those beads, we, they can see one bead. Yeah. And because um, your eyes are always seeing two images, but you can only fuse those two images in one spot, you're seeing two strings going into and going out yeah. of the bead. Okay, so your, your strings are gonna make an X, meaning at the, that, yeah. that bead. So yeah. if you're seeing that X, we know that both of your eyes are meeting in exactly the same spot as each other. Good, good. So with a and whole bunch of different ways with the Brock stream, we can build up control of your virgin system. Which leads me to these. This is my red, people can't fit. <laughs> I'm showing Karen the red green glasses. I yeah. use these on doing my Brock stream exercises. And uh, why should I, why do I do that? Why is that important? So um, with your eyes specifically, we want to know which what each of your eyes is seeing. So we use the red and green glasses a lot. Sometimes we use them to make only one, your eyes can only each see one image. So we know where the images are compared to each other. So your eyes, so I put like a dot up that's red and a dot up that's green. So um, it cancels out with one of your eyes each so that we can see um, how close your two images are together. We use it with the Brock string to be, because you have an inner eye turn, to be really, really clear if which string is where, basically. Yeah, that's what I When I just found just then, for sure, fun. You can see that, mm -hmm. I mean, I've done this million times. You can see kind of, you can see how my eyes are, the green image and the red image, like you can see them distinct. When I look at them normally, it's just like, they kind of- Right, so like two separate images all the time. One of your pictures is green and one is red. If yes. I put those on, I would see like a swirling pattern of red and green because my eyes are fusing my two images together. Are they, are they, so if you're looking to hear the, the green lens with your left eye, let's say, that's what I'm doing. Um, and the red, so would you, they wouldn't be, wouldn't be yellow, it would be, it would be just like. It could, it's usually, a mix of the colors. People see it different ways. Some people call it like a brownish, yellow, we call it luster, or just like a fighting of the eyes. If it's red, it's green. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. People, everyone says it's different depending on your perception, as opposed to though, if you're not using one eye, it's only red, or if you don't use the other eye, it's only green. And if you see double, there's a red and a green, but separate it, not that nice mixing of the two. Yeah. So, so like, with it, if you if you're if you guys put on your yeah, I know I don't know necessarily if you have double vision or not I don't think you do but uh, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I tell you do but if you put on these 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 these, these glasses have worn these for a long time would they negatively affect your sight because you definitely see two separate images kind of you see two separate your eyes look through two separate two different obviously lenses like you would. Uh, you'd still be okay. Yeah. Yeah, because like for us, if we put it on, yeah. because our, our eyes are always seeing slightly separate pictures. That's but true. that's what gives us depth perception, the fact that we see separate pictures. Um, so that little disparity is what creates the ability to see depth. So if we were to wear them for a while, I mean, it, it wouldn't be super comfortable. And no. It could create some issues. For they people look cool though. And they do. I think they look great. <laughs> they, yeah. look, they look great when you have them on. <laughs> Um, and I guess, I guess, Carol, see, you. what's your, what's your, did you pick one more exercise or a couple more, one or two more exercises that were, you would sure. you think for me that are, or for anybody are really your, 
not your favorite, but they're really helpful for. Sure. So one thing we do a lot for you um, is build up the tactile feedback between what your left eye is seeing and what you're touching in order to kind of orient where you are in space and where things are in space. So that's why you did that ball, hitting that ball back and forth, both yeah. of your hands back and forth. Yeah. We were using only your left, your left image to do that um, because we want your left image to really get a sense of where um, where the picture is in space compared to what it's seeing, kind of orienting yourself with reality. The same thing with um, those trying to get a, a dot straight from, we did ladybug noses, but you can just put a circle on a page and dot right in the center of it. I got um, really good at those. You yeah, got really good at those. Good the bridge wave of noses. Yeah, you do, you do your homework a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. It makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. So you always come back at the end of the week with something like five times better than it was. When I'm, I'm, I'm doing those computer. I have a lot of trouble with the, uh, there's one that I look at a fireball and uh, I the peripheral, but I can do it in the right hand. It's simple. I get it like, in like a millisecond, mm -hmm. but my left eye, I see it. I can't really see the image, the whole image on that side. Because it flows down like to the keyboard, it was like waiting something like it. Anyway, that's, this is probably more of a trickier <laughs> question than that. Uh, but uh, the other one is the, the lines like. Sorry? You wear your glasses when you do that. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I'm, doing, not I'm wearing these glasses. Since they're not, okay. um, um, yeah, I'm holding my red and green glasses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your regular glasses. Yeah, you also just need your glasses for basic clarity, right? So in that left eye, in that left eye, yeah. So that um, makes a big difference, right? Um, was, um, there's one of the arrows, the up and down arrows. So is that for the computer thing, right? To look at the image, I see all the arrows all the time, my right image, I see that all the time. Mm -hmm. So, so um, that is a saccadic eye movement, so eye jumps exercise. Um, so again, building on all the different movements your eyes are supposed to be able to do. Um, so you, in order to do that, you need to use your periphery to decide really quickly where the arrow is. Then you need to be able to look at it really quickly, not having to look through all the different um, parts of the screen. You can just jump your eyes right to that arrow, and then you can perceive what it is, what direction is it pointing in, because in this exercise, you have to indicate on the keyboard if the arrow is going up, down, left, or right. Um, so it's kind of integrating a few different think, things. Yeah. yeah. And the other one is the uh, like the message of like strings, kind of like there's like a line going from an arrow to one, two, three, or four, and they yeah. get them messed up in the middle. So what does that do? Yeah, so that's the line maze. So there's a whole bunch of different lines mix, like swirling together. You're tracking, so that's that tracking movement that we call them pursuits. So are you are you able to fluidly track the line the whole way? If you jump along the string when you're not supposed to, you might mix up what string you're looking at and it'll yeah. lead you to the wrong number. Yeah. So it also helps with uh, bigger ground, which is a visual perceptual skill. So being able to take what's important and what you're paying attention to and deciphering it from the background. So when you're reading and when we are skimming a text. We're using some figure ground discrimination there to pick out what words are important. You're trying to figure out what line you're following. So it does involve your visual perceptual skills. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Good. Well, I was going to just end on that, but I got to ask uh, 
as Dr. Hutchins about uh, just this, uh, this is nothing to do with eye development or fear uh, of concussion, but uh, explain to everybody, I'm sure, because everybody wants to know rods and cones. So what do what do what are the what the rod? It's a very simple, very simple. I don't even remember. Yeah. This is, this is graphic, grade five math science. So rods and cones. The cones are in your mostly in your central vision area. They're all throughout the eye, but they're highly densely packed in the central area, and they're responsible for color vision and fine detail. So when you're reading a word, um, seeing colors, deciphering it, that's your cones that are doing that. The rods they are more involved in motion detection. So they're more in the periphery part of your eye, but again, they, they go through most of the eyes, but they're mostly in the periphery. They're sensitive to motion and basically black and white. They don't really care about color. So if something moves quickly and you turn your head quickly to see what was that, that would be your rods picking up on that. Um, but your cones aren't processing the quick movement, they're processing the fine detail. So like, so say it doesn't, doesn't, question but like so you know the antelope in the, in the antelope in the sand the serengeti is mm-hmm. it looks this cross and sees like a tiger so your so your rods to pick up the tiger and then there are cones to pick up the, no, the cones to pick, the cones to pick up the tiger the rods to pick up the tiger that's going to try to eat you it's trying to try to get you so yeah. you do it and you have to do that like Obviously, you, you can't just stare them forever because you have to run away. But so this um, obviously works very quickly. Um, a good run. example of like how they're used and how rods are more involved in your peripheral system, though. Yeah. And opening the periphery and the cones are more involved in that fine detail fixation, though, is if someone, you know, everybody knows somebody who has, you know, bad eyes and they have a thick pair of glasses. And yeah. you put that person on the other end of the room and you say, they have the glasses on, like, how many fingers am I holding up? And then they're using their cones and their central vision to figure that out. So they take off the glasses. They're like, whoa, you're blurry. You, They might not be able to pick out how many fingers you have up anymore. But if you just wave and say, okay, start running if I wave my hand. Stop if I stop moving my hand. They'll be able to run all the way to you, even yeah. though they really can't see very well because rods pick up emotion. Oh, that, that's, that's going on. But uh, yeah. so now, I guess it's like your times. So if you're in St. If anybody, listeners are in St. John's, or in Newfoundland, for that matter. Where can they find you guys? Or if they're in, Atlanta, if they're in anywhere, anywhere they want to come to Newfoundland they, to get their vision therapy with Dr. Hutchins and Kara. Sure. The easiest place probably is to track us down at the visiondevelopmentcenter.com. We are located in St. John's on 100 Brookfield Road. And anybody can call us if they have questions. And even if they're not in St. John's, we can probably direct them to somebody who could help them in their area. So we've got a pretty wide network. I know people all across North America, even all across the world. And the, you can call us at 709-368-1155 or shoot us an email. Great. And is there any, any social media you want to social media to advertise your site or your well, We have uh, a Facebook page. That's all we have right now. It yeah. is, if you just search... I think it should be just Division Development Center. You should find it. Yeah. Okay. My name, you should find it as well. Yeah. Okay. So, Dr. Sarah Hutchins and Vision Therapist, Kara Austin. <laughs> it's been a slice. And, uh, <laughs> thanks, Nick. Yeah. So, thanks a lot for doing this. Thank you. Okay. We'll see you again soon. Thanks. Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. 
www.bensound.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.